Hello, I'm Jackie Rodriguez, and this is the Friends with Friends podcast, the one where we explore all 236 episodes of the TV show Friends one at a time. I am the biggest Friends fan, and I have my friend Vanessa. Yes, I'm Vanessa Martinez, and I am the newbie to the group. Um, Jason's not here with us, but Jackie and I are going to be holding down the fort for today. Hold down the fort, and Jason, yes, he's our other friend who is the one who actually lived it and um, became, or during the Friends was airing, so he gives that perspective. But I mean, as you should know if you listen, but yeah, Vanessa. Yes. So um, we are on the 56th episode, The One with the Giant Poking Device, season three, episode eight, premiered November 14, 1996, with 28.7 million viewers. Jackie, give us a plot overview. Yes, so this is the second episode that I said that is very Janice and Chandler-centric. So we ended the last episode with Joey um, seeing Janice kissing her ex-husband, the Mattress King. And so we pick up right from there. Um, He tells Chandler, and they decide to break up. Rachel, Monica babysit Ben, and Phoebe reluctantly visits the dentist because she is afraid somebody is going to die every time she goes. (laughs) That's pretty funny, Phoebe's whole scenario. I mean, I don't like going to the dentist just because it's a dentist. Yeah. <laughs> but just, I don't know. She's Phoebe. She's Phoebe. I mean, I have a, I have a confession. I haven't been to the dentist in so long. I hope like, your parents aren't listening to this. I know. It's been so, so long. And I hate it because I've been traumatized. Because when I was a kid, I got so many fillings and cavities that it just like that drilling noise I just it traumatized me so much and I just remember laying in there and my mom holding my hand and seeing they had tvs on the ceiling you know it was a children's dentist place and I just it's it's in like it just it brings me back to that so I haven't been in a while and I should really go so I had a really yeah I had a bad experience with the last dentist that we don't go there anymore. She she was just horrible. She was really rude to her staff as well. And we were just over it. I only had one very good dentist, like very gentle. It was very, he was very nice. I'll eventually go back to him. (laughs) Well, at least people don't die. Like Phoebe says, like when you go. (laughs) Poor Phoebe. I mean, but good thing. Nobody died. Nobody died. But (laughs) the episode is, the one with the giant pokey device because they think that ugly naked guy died across the way because he wasn't moving. And I thought that was funny. And, and that was cute, the way that they they gathered all of the chopsticks and poked him across the way. And then they showed the big belly. They never show his face, but they show the big belly and them hitting it. And I thought that was hilarious. But why chopsticks, you know, out of all <laughs> the things that they could do? And then number two, we obviously see a close-up of the stomach. And he's clearly breathing. I mean, they could have told him to like hold his breath for 30 seconds while they get that close-up <laughs> shot because him breathing totally gave it away. I know. That he was I okay, I guess. But yeah. I mean, we do find out that he was okay. Yeah, he was okay. And it's so random that they chose like the ugly naked guy to kind of break Phoebe's curse, you know? So, and I, and I like the little throwback to the Frankenstein. He's alive. He's alive. Like the way that Phoebe said that line. I like that mm-hmm. little throwback to to that iconic line. (laughs) Yeah, but one of the biggest um, things in this is uh, Chandler finds out about Janice cheating after Joey breaks the news to him because Chandler's thinking of buying her pearls and Joey says, not so fast, she doesn't deserve them. Yeah, and it's hard because 
you know, at first Joey and Chan Janice didn't get, well, they still don't get along, like, but at least like they reached amends where he can be around her for a whole day. We saw that happen earlier. And so taking it, taking that and hearing that from your friend, you're like, well, you don't like her anyways. You want us to break up, but then he's really sincere about it. And I think Joey does this in a loving way. He doesn't want to do it, but he knows he has to because it's, you know, you can't keep that secret from your best friend that you live with, you know, and it's sad. It's sad. I mean, he's so happy until he's not, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I'm kind of happy that Joey told Chandler, you know, he gave him the advice, you know, Hey, you know, she's coming out of divorce and she has a kid. It's not the same as if, you know, it was just another guy. Yeah. She has a, she, she has a foundation with him. Exactly. Yeah. And, and how Chandler brings back to his own experience growing up, you know, like when he is breaking up with her, he's, he's saying to Janice, you know, I will always look at that guy. Like, that's the guy. That's why we broke up. So I, I like that they use that and, and they weave that his own backstory into it, that he doesn't want to be that guy. And it's very mature. Like Chandler grew up a lot in this episode because of the way he brought it back to his own experience and he did the right thing. Yeah, yeah, and I've never seen, I don't feel like I've seen that serious side of Chandler when he's talking to Janice, telling her, hey, look, you need to go back to him. Yeah. His Chandlerness comes out a little bit when he says, I'm just joking. Don't, yeah. you know? <laughs> but it's very serious, very like, you know what? No, you need to go back to him. Yeah. Yeah, it's very grown up of him and very mature of him. And I like that development of him in this episode. And he just, He's just, he's just a good guy. He is. I like, I like Chandler a lot. He's just a good guy trying to do the right thing. So. Yeah. Good. I thought it was funny when he confronted Janice about it and she needed, she was hyperventilating. So he gave her a, um, a trash, a little, uh, yeah, brown paper bag, bag yeah. and she was just breathing in it. Uh -huh. You know, I and, know. I, and I mean, you could tell her like it was breaking her heart too, having to yeah. let Chandler go because she liked what she had with him, but yeah. she couldn't, keep doing what she was doing and again you see here they're they're confronting a serious subject and they make it funny with the paper bag <laughs> yes and and the receipt inside yes. she's handing him the receipt the 12 pack of condoms yes <laughs> <laughs> serves me right for buying a 12 pack of condoms <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean it's, it's sad but life goes on and i was reading that this is the last time we see them break up in all of um, yeah i mean the sincere like official breakup yeah. yeah like a sincere breakup like you'll see some more of her yes you are right i had to think about that for a little bit because we do see more of her throughout the series but an official breakup breakup yes you, this is the last time and it, and it's it's sweet and sincere and thoughtful and i like that they ended it in this way because what else could they have broken up already? They've already broken up because of how annoying she is. So they had to do like a real serious one at this time around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, oh well. <laughs> Life goes on and they sing a Lionel Richie song, Endless Love. <laughs> yes, that was so funny. And I totally recognize that song. And I just, uh -huh. I mean, this is where Jason needs to come in because he would ask him how big was Lionel Richie. Yes. You know, know. maybe well, Jason can answer it eventually. I, know. I think he, Lionel Richie was a big crooner, like a uh, love songs and that, 
that like kind of love baby making music, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it was funny, like in the end episode, in the end scene where he's, where Chandler's singing the song, holding Janice's shoe yeah. and the record of like, was it Lionel Richie? Yeah, it was that song. And then, um, and then Phoebe joins him in singing, but they keep having to sing that same line over and over because they like, can't get the right note. <laughs> love, love, love. They're trying to like, they're, they're trying to nail the note and nobody can. I'm like Lionel Richie. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but poor Chandler, but he'll, he'll be okay. But I will see him go through it with the next couple episodes as well. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back to talk about Monica Bang. <laughs> How Ben uh, bumps his head on the random pillar in the apartment. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And we are back. And in this episode, we finally see the pillar. And I referenced this before. It's like, oh, that has something to do later. And then this is that something. Yes, Monica Bang. (laughs) Monica Bang. (laughs) But here's my thing. In a previous episode, I questioned that structure and why it was there because it looks really out of place. Yes, yes. So I kind of wonder, you know, why was that there? Yeah. And maybe this is like one of the writer's inside jokes because it is maybe other people wondered that at that time and it is random. And then they make a joke out of it and where Ben bangs his head, you know, Monica bangs. Ben's head on it. So maybe yeah. Okay. Because I also notice it's not in every episode. It's not. It's not. It's just random. So like why Monica Bang? I don't there? know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I you know, and this is the thing too. Like we're in Ross and Rachel's relationship. They are like serious. They love each other. And this is the the second time that they um address the kid stuff. You know, like when Ben first was held by Rachel like a football, she's all this is how I hold a football. Well now this is taking it another step. Can you babysit him and take care of him? And then Monica's he, Ross goes straight to Monica to do it, you know, because Ross has to go into work and then Monica's like, I'll be here. I'll be here. Don't worry. And Rachel's like, hey, I can do it. And so I like that Monica is the one that bangs Ben's head on the pillar. Because yeah, I mean, a reliable one. <laughs> but it's funny that it happened to be his sister because yes. it's like we've babysat. And I mean, yeah. I've had, you know, thankfully not huge mishaps, but like little ones where, you know, my niece or nephew hit their head and, you know, you're watching them. <laughs> yes. And it was an accident. So, yeah. so oh, yeah, yeah, but I think that that's funny. And the way that they try to hide it up too by getting a stuffed animal's raincoat and hat. I know <laughs> it's Joey's rainy day bear. Joey's rainy oh. day bear is <laughs> not funny. <laughs> Does he snuggle with that oh on a rainy God. day? Maybe I don't know. It's the first time that we see Joey have a stuffed animal. This like won't be the first. 
Yeah, the, well, this won't be the last time you see Joey with a stuffed animal. It's referenced later on in the series. And Mr. Joey, Mr. Macho Man, and he has a mm-hmm. stuffed animal that he sleeps with. <laughs> I thought that was cute. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and it was just, they put the hat on him. It's like, oh, are you taking him whaling? <laughs> you know? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I really didn't think that Monica or Rachel was going to tell Ross about Monica Bang. Yeah. Yeah, and and did you see also when Ross confronts Rachel about it? She's like, I didn't. I watched Monica bang Ben's head on there. And then she had to hide because, like, Ross was playing around with Monica saying that, you know, the, it's like the words just fell out of his head or that. And he's limping. Yes. Rachel, Jennifer Anson had to tuck her head into Ross's, like, nook right there because I mm-hmm. think she was laughing. And she's been known to break during episodes. And so I thought that was funny. It's like she kind of probably had to. And then they take her out of the shot, too. When she goes over and goes into the circle of saying, um, you know, like one one foot's moving faster than the other. And he does that circle. Mm -hmm. And so they take her out of the shot. So I wonder if she was like really laughing at that point when. Ross is trying to convince Monica that something's seriously wrong with him. (laughs) Yeah, who knows? I mean. You do have a good point. Well, hopefully we can find out soon. So, yeah, so, yeah. I don't I mean, I just thought the whole Monica Bang thing, it's just a thing of real life. Like it happens. It does happen. Yeah. Like whether I, it's I, your own kid or not. Yeah. Well, and I've babysat too before, like I've before, like my non nieces and nephews and relatives and stuff. And it is scary because they are kids. You have to watch them all the time, like Ross says. But, you know, they do have accents where, like, maybe you're using the restroom or, you know, like, you you don't hear something. And 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 you have to be careful. And so it's a lesson learned for Monica and Rachel as well. But they don't really move on from Rachel's um, discussion of whether she can, ta- she can handle kids. They kind of just leave it. Yeah. Do you think Monica was excited to babysit Ben because she wanted kids of her own? I think she just is, she's the mother of the group. So she's always been maternal. So mm-hmm. I think that's something um, that is given. And of course she's excited because it's her kid. She she even says that. She goes like, you know how much I love that kid? You know, and then yeah. Ross bangs his head on the pillar. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that's how it ends. That's how, just how the conversation ends. And it's, and again, like, when are we going to see this beam again? We should count how many times we see the beam. <laughs> yeah, I really want to know the backstory to that beam because yeah. it's just really a random thing. Mm-hmm. I tried. Remember the last time we brought it up, I I didn't know either. And I still don't know because I've tried Googling, like, what's the backstory? And it, there's none. It's just random. Maybe, like, if we ever talk to, like, one of the friends again, we can ask them what's with the middle beam. Yeah, that is just something. Oh, so okay, I found an article right now. Okay, it said there was a disappearing beam. Yes, that's the only thing that's there. That it would be a joke. Yeah, this is via ScreenRant.com. In the early episodes of Friends, you may have noticed that there was a large wooden beam above that somewhat separated the kitchen from the living room, but eventually it just disappeared with no explanation. After that, it would suddenly reappear again and then go away just as suddenly as before. But the explanation for that was a simple one. It only reappeared when a certain director by the name of James Bros was directing an episode. This was done more as an inside joke than anything else and is now an Easter egg for Friends fans to see when they spot the beam suddenly. Oh. So oh I mean, it's just an, 
So they just like James Burroughs just decides I'm going to put in the beam today. It's not structurally like meant to be there. It's just a joke. <laughs> yeah. So like, they just like, here we are our fans looking at when the beam is appearing and it's a joke on us saying, let's see if they see the beam today. I know. It's like Taylor Swift and her Easter eggs. <laughs> yes. And Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh my but, goodness. That's yeah. But I mean, that's a large Easter egg. That's a large thing to put in there and to just be random when James Burroughs, who we know, you know, is one of the creators and the the spearheads of this, this show and why the show is successful. But like, that's so random. I feel like friends, they do so many inside jokes, like the writers and everybody has these inside jokes because they just like get a kick out of it themselves because they're shooting so many episodes. They got to like do something. Yeah. But I wonder how they do it because obviously like we've seen in the past that certain writers are able to put in their own momentum mm -hmm. from the past. Mm -hmm. So do they, you know, you, Jackie, the writer, me being a person working on the show, do I just go up to you and be like, hey, can you sneak this in somehow? Like, how does that maybe. work? Maybe there is a discussion or maybe it's just like, oh, like they have a long list of yeah. Yeah. things of to incorporate. Yeah. Well, I know from when I went on the Friendsgiving tour, they told us that the writers would watch the rehearsals and watch the show with the audience. And they would be standing off to the side. And if a joke didn't work, they would write something in there. And then they would do it, you know, like differently, you know, right then and there. So everybody knows everybody in that sense. You know, like the actors know all of the writers and the writers know all the actors and everything. So I think maybe they all just have a big inside joke kind of library that they like pull from, you know? Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Uh, I wonder well, how many times they have to like change jokes. I know. Same here. I, I would, I would like to know that too, because did it happen on the daily? Did it happen? You know, like how often and how, how long does it take to write an episode? I would really like to speak to a writer yeah. of friends and what's the process like? Because every star that we've talked to said it's because of the writing. So, mm -hmm. so it would be good to talk to them. We'll, we'll have to Google and research and reach out. Well, guess what, Jackie? One of the writers of the show, Ira Ungerleiter, will be joining us to tell us. How excited! I have so many questions for him, and like, this is going to be amazing to get the behind-the-scenes info from him. That's yes, so cool. Can't, can't wait. Yay! Did you have any favorite lines? Oh, uh, my favorite line is simple two words: Monica Bang. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. It was really clever. Yeah, and anytime I say, also too, like sometimes when I say the word Monica in my head, I say bang. And it's because it's just like Monica bang, you know, Monica bang. Yeah, <laughs> it goes really well. <laughs> um, I didn't really have any favorite lines Yeah. in this episode. Yeah. I was just more focused on the beam. Yeah, the beam. And again, this is a very Chandler evolving episode. So I really liked that bit. That was my favorite part of this episode is how Chandler kind of grew up, evolved. And, you know, is this the end of Janice? I mean, we know for sure. We know because we know that she's she's going to come back. But I like I like how much he evolved in this. I wonder how she comes back. You see. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up in the next episode, like Vanessa said, we got a writer, Ira Unglider. He is um, one of the writers who worked in the first three seasons of the show. So we'll talk to him about the one with all the football. I can't wait. If you like this episode, um, subscribe, download, and give us five stars and nice comments. See you next time. Next time. Bye.